0: Hello and welcome to the Her True Strength podcast and in today's episode you're getting part two and might I add the better second half of my 10 rules for better life and lifts to help you on your journey to a stronger body and a bolder faith. Hey guys, it's great to be with you today and thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I always want you to know that I don't take it for granted that you're choosing to spend your time with me here, whether you are out on a walk, on a drive, waiting to pick up the kiddos from the school line. It is my hope that something you hear here today will inspire you to live a better life and to practice better lifts. Because we all go through challenges and setbacks, and these rules are just a culmination of that. The setbacks and challenges that I face that I'd like to share with You. I believe that everything in your life will happen to you for a reason and that it will give you the outcome that you wanted or it'll give you the lesson that you needed. And because us strong women need to stick together in our challenges, I want to share the challenges I've faced with you. And like I've said many times and will say again, I don't show up to this podcast as the hero. It's my hope that I can act as your guide, whether as your coach someday or just that cool podcast lady who's so nice. Guys, I don't know all the answers, but I have lived a life full of a lot of mistakes and have learned a lot of lessons along the way. And I'm grateful for everyone because it's the challenges of life that help us to grow, right? As the saying goes, a smooth sea never made a great sailor. It's the storms of life that help shape us to become stronger, more compassionate people. And today, guys, you're getting a backstage look at some of the storms that I've walked through in the last five years that have helped me grow to a new level in my faith, my training, and my friendships. And like I said in part one of these series, these rules are not an end-all, be-all to your personal improvement. There's some of these that may hit really deep for you and inspire you to change and others that you can leave at the table for another time or for someone else. And if you hadn't had a chance to listen to part one, you might want to put this episode on pause and start there because today's episode will make a lot more sense if you do. Okay, now to dive in. We left off at rule number five, so we will pick up on rule number six. For better life and lifts is this. Never take fear, as your advisor, I learned this role the hard way, and I hope that by listening to this podcast today, you won't have to. See, when I first started strength training, I was getting ready for my wedding day and geared all of my training efforts towards being smaller and weighing less. And you guessed it, it was all to fit in the dress. Because At the time, all that mattered was how I looked on my wedding day and making sure that dress fit perfectly. When I was training, it almost felt like I viewed my body like a rental car. Like, I only needed it to look good for a short while, so I went to extremes to do so. I worked out harder. I ran longer. I ate less than a five-year-old at recess. Like, I just was using the rental car hard and fast. And the fuel in my tank was not out of love for my body. It was totally out of fear. Like I was fueled on the fear of what other people would think of my body and of being disappointed that it didn't look the way I wanted it to on my wedding day. Each workout was fueled by the fear of not fitting the dress, fear of not looking toned enough to be a strength coach, or not being skinny enough to wear a bikini on my honeymoon. It was these fears that drove me. It was the fear that motivated me to show up at the gym at 5.30 in the morning for spin class and stay up late looking at new types of diets. I was literally running scared and fueled by fear and disappointment. And... Because I listened to that fear, I made choices that hurt my body and the way I saw it. I started bad habits of like looking in myself in the mirror, looking at myself in the mirror and and checking consistent, am I looking bigger? Am I looking smaller? Do my arms look more toned? And I just became body obsessed with how I looked in the mirror, how my clothes were fitting. And it was the only thing that my focus and my attention was on day in and day out. And to be honest, I wasn't happy. Even though I was smaller than I've ever been and weighed less than I ever have, I was exhausted, I was stressed, I was perpetually anxious, and not an all-around happy person to be around. Like Bridezilla was probably thrown around a bit. And these beliefs about my body that it needs to be smaller, that it has to fit this perfect ideal image on my wedding date, these created beliefs in my head that I've had to unmantle and really unlearn, dismantle and unlearn. And it's taken a long time. And there's been a lot of healing in the process. And I see my body now, just so differently. And so I'm grateful that I had this time, right? I'm grateful that I went through it. I'm grateful that I'm on the other side of it, that's for sure. But I had this perception that fear would somehow lead me to a happier place, that fear and following the rules of fear, following the promptings that the fear was giving me to shut down, close down, be smaller, that it would make me happy. And the reality is that it didn't. It made me really frustrated. It made me really anxious. And it held me back from gaining a lot of strength. Heck, if I started my strength journey then and I was strength training consistently for strength instead of being skinny... I wish I could see where I would be now but the reality is that I didn't and that's exactly why I'm sharing with this this with you today is that you will take this and not see your body as a rental car, as something that is just around for a short while, but instead, you'd see your body as like a Honda Accord, right? A Honda Accord is that classic car that you know, if you buy it, it's lasting a long time, right? It is the car that is going to run forever, as long as you take good care of it. That's how I want you to view your body. That's how I'm viewing my body now, that I have it for the long haul, that I'm not just training for some date, some challenge, some 60-day slim down. I'm training for life. I have this body for life. And you want to view your body in a way that you're trying to make it last as long and feel as good as possible in the meantime. And here is the why. Here's the most important tie-down. Here is the fuel in your tank. It is not fear of what other people think of you, fear of being good enough, fear of looking small enough, toned enough, strong enough. It's out of love. You train your body and you run on love. The greatest display of love that we ever had was not contractual, right? God's work of sending his son on the cross was not, if I do this, then you'll do that. It was completely agape Love. It was a sacrificial love. And that's the same type of love that we should be fueled by for our workouts, for our body. That agape love of knowing just how valuable our body is because simply it was made in the image of God. Because it holds inherent value. Just having a beating heart in your chest means that you are worthy to take the time to take care of your body body. And that's it. Simply it. Viewing your body out of love. Not viewing it as something needs to be fixed, as something needs to be fit into a mold, and not listening to fear as your advisor. It will take you down a path. You never wanted to go down to a destination. You never wanted to be at every single time. I would never have told you that I wanted to be in a place where I was anxious about my body. I would never have told you that I wanted to be a place where I couldn't walk past a mirror and not look at myself and not judge myself. I never wanted to be at that destination. I just wanted to be better. And I listened to fear as my fuel to get there instead of love. And so that is number six. That is number six. Not letting fuel, not letting your advisor be fear, but to be fueled by love. Okay, moving along to lesson seven. My personal favorite, leave your freaking ego at the door. (laughs) Listen, we all have an ego. I have an ego. It's not just men who have egos. I think this, there's this stereotyp- a uh egotistical male. Listen, ladies, you have an ego. And if you have your doubts, then just think about the last time someone didn't give you the compliment you thought you deserved. Like You did your hair, you brushed your teeth, you thought you were looking fine, and no one said anything. Or worse maybe someone said something that made you feel really ultra insecure Um, like someone was like are you sure you want to wear that yeah if that upset you then you have an ego it's human to have an ego we want to be better we want to look better we want to do better than someone else but that doesn't mean it's a good thing and more often than not our ego can just get us into a lot of trouble It's my ego that almost broke my back just a few years ago. I hate to tell this story, but I know that it's so powerful, so I have to share it. I'll never forget the day I was lifting at a gym with a lot of other people around, and my competitive little egotistical nature got the best of me. See, on the deadlift platform, just two spaces down was a college-aged girl who was deadlifting, and I could tell that she was new to lifting but was really loading up the bar like she wasn't, And it really started to bother me that she kept adding weight and more weight while I had been maintaining working on my deadlift form. So one day, I decided to max out and give it a shot just to prove that I could do it in front of her. So I loaded it up and deadlifted my max without proper form or program. And wouldn't you know, I paid for it the next day. My body was so tanked, I literally couldn't lift for a few weeks. And all because I let that little voice inside my head talk louder than my common sense. I felt like I had to prove myself to be something for someone else. Listen, your ego, my ego, it's a balloon. It can perpetually inflate. There is no popping, There is nothing that will satisfy it. And if you're bringing it into your gym with you, then you are asking for an injury. I learned this lesson mostly when I dabbled in CrossFit. I did it for a few years just to improve my Olympic lifts, athleticism, it was fun. I had some friends for doing it at the time. But the one thing I would always tell myself was to leave my ego at the gate. Because when you work out, You're only working out for you. That's it. They're not there to win a medal or applause of someone else. You're just there for you. And while camaraderie and competition are all healthy, there's a point at which the juice just isn't worth the squeeze. And that's the point at which you push yourself past your body's safety limits to prove something to yourself or to others. Guys, I learned this lesson the hard way. Your ego can be a dangerous and insatiable thing, and it can lead you to do some pretty dumb things. Ego is what stops a lot of us, for example, for asking for help from dropping the weight to work on our form. Or maybe your ego stops you from doing body weight exercises to improve your movement. Maybe you feel like you always have to use dumbbells or you always have to use a barbell. Guys, doing these things, asking for help, dropping the weight, doing body weight training, those are the very things that could add fuel to the fire of your progress. But because our ego is so big, it stops us from doing that. So next time you're headed into a workout, do yourself a favor. Please leave your ego at the door. Pretend to be the dumbest person in the room. If you see someone in the gym doing something you don't understand, don't judge them. Just accept that you may not understand what they're doing. And that's okay. Life isn't a competition. There's no prize waiting for you to get to the end with the most money or the best body. Listen to that again. There is no prize waiting for you at the end of your life to have the best body or the most money. Okay. Now that we're all feeling super humble, let's move on to number eight. And this is a lesson I've learned recently. Don't settle for more, settle for better. I've recently gone through a transition from being a little bit more of a maximalist to what I would call a lightweight minimalist lifestyle. I am by no means like sitting in an empty apartment with a few books and a bed. Um, I would say I'm like lightweight minimalist and I've really enjoyed it. And what I've been doing is getting rid of a lot of stuff that I've been holding on to. On my Instagram stories, you may have seen me talking about my capsule closet and how I've been working on letting go of old clothes that no longer fit my body or fit my style. And a few of you have asked what sparked the desire to change. Did I have clothes falling out of my closet or bursting at my drawers? No, uh, but I did walk into my closet day in and day out feeling frustrated that I had nothing to wear and none of my clothes fit right. I try short after shirt after short after shirt and I didn't like a thing. That I had. And now I walk into my closet knowing that it's filled with clothes that bring me joy, that make me feel like myself. I feel comfortable and they're functional, they work, and I'm not wasting time trying to figure out what I do and what I don't like. There's only things in my closet that I do like. So not only have I saved myself time and I'm more happy, I've also noticed this mindset shifting into my training as well. And here's where this ties down to the topic of this podcast. I used to see a new exercise and jump at the opportunity to add it into my training and test it out. But instead, I focus on nailing the basics and doing them really, really well. You may be asking, what does better, what is better with less look like. Instead of working out six days a week, for example, try working out three days a week. And instead of kind of doing half, for lack of a better term, half-ass workouts, do really, really good effort workouts on those three days. And notice how much more energy you have. Maybe instead of doing eight to 10 exercises in a workout, just do three and do them with all of your might. Instead of buying five shirts, buy one and make it a really good one. In your training and your life, don't waste your time chasing after a thousand shiny objects that all claim to make you happy. Guys, you know only Jesus can do that, right? Find a few things that spark joy for you and focus on doing those well. Maybe it's squats. Maybe it's deadlifts. Maybe it's bench press. Maybe it's your pull up. Focus on that. Make boring and basic part of your training mantra and notice just how much better and effective you are at doing those exercises. Okay, on to number nine, make everything worship. This is one for my faithful followers who have decided to make Jesus a big part of their life. As you guys already know, worship is not just something that you do on Sunday. It's not just a song, right? It's not just the words that you sing on Sunday. It's the footsteps that make up your life. It's what you do. It's what you say and how you spend your money, how you spend your time, how you give away your energy. They all have the potential to be worship. If you've ever read through the Psalms, you can't miss the major theme of the book. It's worship, right? The entire book of Psalms is a reflection of David and the other authors singing their praises and crying out to God in worship. Maybe you're listening today and you get this, but you find it hard to worship God through hard times, through the things that feel like they demand more of your effort, the, what I would call the muddy mundane, right? Where we're just distracted by all of the things that demand our attention, Well, here's an example I like to use. When I'm doing a heavy back squat from the outside looking in, you might think that I'm the one doing all of the work, right? But if you look closer, you'd see me breathing in air that I didn't make and using a body I didn't create. Everything was given to me. My legs, the heart in my chest, the drive to work hard, the energy to make money, to buy a barbell. They are all god given. Now, did I choose to show up and use them? Yes. And it's how I decide to use them, how you decide to use your time that determines your level of worship. You see, we can choose to worship our body, or we can choose to worship the creator of our body. It's your choice. And as I get a little bit older, and what used to be easy isn't as easy anymore, I can tell you that worshiping your body and putting all of your hopes in it is a failed mission from the start. I've said it before, and I'll say it probably until the day I die, your body was never meant to be your primary source of happiness. Can it bring joy? Yes. I believe that any mother holding on to her newborn baby would tell you that, but Only the worship of a perfectly loving and truly gracious Heavenly Father can bring lasting joy. Friend, stop using workouts as a source of therapy, coping, confidence, or boost of self-esteem. Therapy is therapy. Coping should not be done alone. Body confidence is fleeting and boosting your self-esteem is a cheap substitute for godly wisdom. Trust me when I say that I spent years using my workouts as a way to make my body more decorative for other people, to make it more acceptable, to look good, and that was all. And it only got me to a place of feeling more insecure, less confident, and less dependent on God, which is a scary and really lonely place to be. Please learn this lesson now if you haven't already. Invite Jesus into your workouts. Ask for him to give you strength on your weakest days instead of going to pre-workout or that second cup of coffee. Don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with coffee, but seek the Lord first. When your jaw drops at what your body is capable of doing, praise the Lord that he gave you the ability to do it in the first place. You are made in the image of God, sister. And because of that, your body has priceless value right now. Not when you reach your next fitness goal. Not when you finally get that body weight percentage. Not when you finally can fit into the dress. Your body has priceless value right now. And that is 100% a cause to celebrate and give God the praise. All right. We've come to the end of the series and I've dripped a lot of wisdom here for you guys. And it's time to come to a close with the rule that has truly changed my life the most. It's this lesson that has not only helped me to be more successful in my business, my strength training and my social life, but it's more importantly, led me to a closer walk with the Lord. And that is number 10. Start each day with silence. Listen, your alarm goes off and your feet hit to the floor. What do you do? Well, if you're like most women, you grab your phone and see what texts, calls, emails, messages, or social media things you missed from the day before, right? And while this is normal, I'd be skirting some dangerous ground to say that it's optimal. And I say it because I did this for years. The problem with the morning scroll is that we give away some of the most precious hours of the day to lesser things that demand our attention and give us anxiety and dissatisfaction in exchange. It's a terrible exchange, right? Think about it. What have you ever gotten from social media that you couldn't have had from spending 15 minutes at a coffee shop with a friend or maybe a 10 minute phone call? Right? There's no amount of joy. There's no amount of connection that could compare to that in-person conversation or maybe the over-the-phone conversation. Right, And before you know it, 30 minutes have passed and you're running late and then there's a whole cascade of stress-causing effects that rush in. Right, Traffic and then you realize you forget your lunch and then you get to work late. And I'm not saying that social media is solely to blame, right? It has a purpose and a place. It just shouldn't be the first thing that our attention is drawn to in the morning. Whether it's social media, maybe it's catching up on the news, maybe it's catching up on your emails, whatever it is in the morning that's demanding your attention, I want you to recognize that that demand, that exchange is robbing you. It's creating a moment of noise. At what point we need silence. And see, in our go, go, go society, silence has almost become a vacuum that needs to be filled. Think about it. How often do you just sit in your day without any music, TV, alerts, or screen on, right? It's pretty odd that we have a lot of silence. And if we tallied up the difference between the two, I bet you have a lot more noise than you have silence in your life. Am I Right. So if you are someone who wouldn't hate to have a little bit more mental clarity, guidance, maybe direction, or speaking from the Holy Spirit in your life, if you want to have calmer thoughts, maybe a more simple morning, um, then allow me to propose to you my simple morning routine. And perhaps to give your morning routine a little bit of a quarter turn, a little bit of an audit. So when your feet hit the floor leave your phone on the charger and start your day with silence. Maybe sit down on the floor and practice your breathing. Try closing your eyes and maybe invite the Holy Spirit into your morning to guide your thoughts, to streamline your thoughts to one consistent stream instead of a thousand, thinking about what to do during the day, what you don't want to miss. I've actually tinkered with my morning routine a few hundred times, and the one thing that I keep coming back to is starting my day in prayer in silence. But since I've fallen asleep one too many times while doing it, I've kind of finagled the process a little bit, so I'm not falling asleep on God. Here's a screenshot of my morning routine. I get out of bed and I head to the cabinet to grab a coffee mug, but I actually don't fill it with coffee. First, I fill it halfway with water. And then I head down to my yoga mat and I do some breath work and gentle hip stretches. Then I end my mobility routine with core work. And then I'm much more awake and I can kind of invite the Holy Spirit to guide me. And I then I begin my prayer. Um, and it's only after doing that that I pour my coffee. It is the reward at the end of it. And then once I have my coffee and I've had that moment of silence with the Holy Spirit, then I'll go and I'll start my quiet time and my reading. And then at the end of my reading, and once I've had that time of silence, then I go to check my emails, catch up on text and all of those things. So this process in total takes about 45 minutes to an hour. It really depends on the day, how much time I want to spend stretching, how much time I need to spend in prayer. Sometimes there's mornings where my prayers are really short, and sometimes there's days where my prayers could last more than two hours and I just want to journal all of my thoughts. But the tie down is this. I wouldn't trade that time for anything. That silence, that moment of stillness is irreplaceable, and it's often the only silence that I get in my day. And it's not until I'm done with this process that I go to my phone and catch up on the things that I may have missed for the day. But I do want to put a caveat on this. I'm married. I don't have kids. I have a dog. (laughs) I also have a husband who's an early riser. Um, And while this works best for me, I get that this routine may sound crazy to you. And if so, I want you to know that's okay. Because I don't want you to be another version of me. The world can probably only handle one of me. Uh, But what I do want is for you to find something that works for you. Find a way to create silence in your day. Maybe it's in the car dropping off your kids or your daily commute. Find some amount of silence. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's three minutes. Maybe it's 30. It doesn't have to be major It just has to be different from what you're doing now. And perhaps you'll find, like I have, that that silence allows the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And maybe you'll find that without all of the go, go, going, you have more inclinations from the Holy Spirit. Maybe he'll talk to you. Maybe he'll guide you more because reality is he's been talking all along. Sometimes our lives are just so busy and so loud that we can't hear him. And if faith isn't a big part of your life, that silence is still incredibly beneficial because silence allows us to connect with our heart. It allows us to connect with our emotions because it's so easy to go throughout our day and to just suppress, 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 and never have a release. And that's what that silence invites in your life. So that is it. We've gone through 10 rules to better life and better lifts. And all of this stuff, guys, is optional. I want to give that to you. All of this is optional. You can go your entire life and take none of these with you, but I guarantee you, even if you just choose one, that it will help you. And you may have found that this podcast, these two episodes were not quite as practical. I didn't give you as many quick wins or things like that. And that's okay because not all of life is quick wins. Not all of life is quick action. Some of life needs to be visionary. Some of life needs to be asking why we do what we do and changing our compass back to do north, whether that is changing your exercise habits, changing your morning routine. Maybe it's changing the way you view your body. All of these things are not necessarily quick wins. They are much more rather a change of your mind. And it's changing that mind that allows our body to transform, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And as you guys know, that is what we are all about here. Okay, that's it. Your 10 lessons I've learned over the last 10 years of lifting in life. And like I said in the beginning, I don't need you and I don't really want you to necessarily just agree with these, but what I do want for you is that you grow closer to Jesus and perhaps gain some strength. And if you want to try on just one of these for size and it helps you, then I've done my job. And if something I said in this series stuck out to you, maybe it was one of the rules of lifting, maybe it was creating that silence, maybe it was learning to say no, I would encourage you, just please don't keep it to yourself. Share it with your closest friend. Let them know that you found this podcast, that you love it, so that they can join in on the growth. So do me a favor, send them a screenshot of this podcast, or maybe post a screenshot of this podcast to your Instagram story. Share it with your friends. It would literally mean the world to them and it would mean the world to me. So until next time, friends, stay strong, all the love, Coach Laura.